Hi, this is Hubert's podcast. I'm Hubert. I'm here with uh, Al Domingo. Um, he's been a longtime colleague of mine. Uh, Al, can you give yourself a little bit of a introduction, please? What kind of introduction do you want? Do you want the rock and roll version or the professional? Uh, anyone? You know what? <laughs> Thanks for asking. I, I should pick. Um, let's. You know, give me the rock star version, and then uh, we'll get into the the technical details later. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I've grown up as a Filipino. You know, my parents were very uh, frugal, mm. and uh, I always wanted to play drums, but I could never convince my mom to play drums. So fast forward, I graduate from college from Fuckers, <laughs> and uh, I I start getting into guitar. You know, here's the 23, 24 year old. Anyway, twenty plus years later. I think I've got like 40 guitars or something like that. And uh, yeah, a lot of guitars. You know, if you ever look at my basement, it looks like someone, one of my friends had commented that it was like walking into a guitar store because <laughs> I had all these guitars. That's basically a guitar store. You can just start like selling it. I can start selling it. But as any any guitar affectionate knows or someone who loves music, you can't have, you can't play a Jimi Hendrix song with uh, a Les Paul. You need a strat so i mean to rock and roll and i had to get a, a specific guitar for a specific band and uh, since i have a job now i'm not in you know high school working mcdonald's i could afford to get some guitar so i joke i joke with my wife that hey it's better than me getting cars i'm, I'm just playing guitars so yeah and plus they these have like their their investments not unlike cars right you know um these guitars that, that they're good you know they're they 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 increase in value. They do increase in value. I, I was just looking uh, through one of my uh, uh, Facebook things, and I saw that they're re-releasing Epiphone, the Corona, Carino or Corona, mm. not Corona, Carino. <laughs> I've got the name of the guitar, but it's a, a, a Carino Wood guitars, mm. and they were thousands of dollars. I couldn't believe. It. I think I bought mine from like eBay for like two or three hundred dollars. Now there's thousands of dollars. It's crazy. Wow, wow. They're super expensive. As you know, everything has gone up now uh, with that. But that's kind of my rock and roll version, you know. I yeah. Well, let's hear, let's, let's hear the, the professional version of that intro now. <laughs> yeah. So my, my professional version, I'm, I'm uh, currently at Confluent. I, I lead a strategic team of uh, solutions engineers. And I've uh, been at Confluent, which was a startup, and now it's public for about uh, five years. I come up in January. And uh, I've been probably in the tech business for a while. And one of my first companies I started was at Teradata. Oh. Before it was Teradata, right? It was, you know, literally had just, I think it just come out of being public. And uh, <laughs> it was my first foray into something called data that at the time was called decision support. Now people will know them as data warehousing. But what's amazing to me, it's 2023 and it's still the same problem. Mm -hmm. which is so unique and and you know as you know hubert what's that problem i want the data now yeah and so yeah real time that's what everyone wants real, real time. time not batch not batch yeah. not overnight <laughs> i want it now <laughs> always selling always selling now <laughs> no it's true i mean no, you're, you're you're forget the right. selling we, you know we, 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 can we, you imagine being on an uber yeah, yeah and saying yeah. oh i gotta wait eight hours to figure out when that car is coming nah the kids want it today they want yeah it we, we humans are always impatient you know uh so we got yeah. 
we have to set if you're going to make any money today in business you you have to satisfy that in patience and that's know, right the people who pay you know our kids <laughs> they're the ones with downloading those apps and say i want it now i want it now <laughs> yeah um so you're a filipino yes yeah and this is a filipino american in tech uh conversation i'm doing i forgot to mention this in the last conversation with keith mm -hmm. but um uh this is for i i didn't know this but uh, apparently october is filipino american heritage month and um and uh i would have you know put something together earlier um but so that's in, in celebration uh, of uh of filipino heritage month i'm going to interview a bunch of filipinos in tech and the first thing i wanted to ask you is that as uh why are there so many little you know filipinos in tech or is that like a, a perception that i that i'm misperceiving i don't think so i mean first of all it's great you know october has 31 days so we got a long month so good for us and then two i think most filipinos would know know this is that when you're growing up nine eight times out of ten your your parents were uh probably in the healthcare field yep and so you know my mom was a nurse you know and and uh, a lot of my relatives were nurses doctors right and so that's such a a well-known i mean the filipinos were known for healthcare you know in the 60s you know when my parent my mom came over there was a shortage of nurses like they do today in the united states and so a lot of her classmates came over to the philippines uh, it's a hard job right it's a hard job and uh i mean i think i was just watching a meme or some kind of uh, a thing on facebook or instagram where it, they had a, a joke about filipino nurses and so one of one of the patients saw a filipino nurse and and she felt better she's like oh Filipino nurse <laughs> because they're there all the time. But yeah, definitely perception is, is that as you're growing up, you know, you were supposed to be a doctor or a, you know, a nurse yeah. or, or some type of thing or uh, a lawyer, but yeah. not tech. You know, I remember growing up, my, my mom wasn't like, say, Hey, you're going to be a, you know, electrical engineer or something in computer, computer science or anything like that. She's like, Oh, you're going to be a doctor. Yeah. Or you can be a nurse. They make good money. You make, you work overtime. 16 hours you know and all these kind of things and, and, and you make good money um I, I just think maybe i was just unique in the sense that uh i was really interested and curious curious about how things work mm -hmm. and and that's why i probably made the jump i remember being small my mom brought over an am radio and said this is broken do you think you can fix this and mm -hmm. i'm like 12 years old and i'm like yeah let me try of course i didn't fix it <laughs> i didn't know anything but that kind of technical curiosity stuck with me and I decided, Hey, I'm just going to go into the more the technology. And so you and knew not, early on that, that you wanted to go in tech. Yeah. Yeah. Because I saw my mom coming working really long hours and just talking about some of her patients and, and things. And I was like, wow, that's a hard job. You know, people can like, people can get hurt or die, you know? You know, in terms of like what the care you're getting, it's like, that's a lot of pressure. I, I could deal with stuff that are inanimate and things not working. Like, hey, if I mess up, just fix it. Right? Yeah, especially if it's, you know, if you see your parents struggling, um, that resonates with you. Like, it's not something that you want to do, right? Like, I see I see the effects of it at home. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to do something else. I don't want to bring that home to me. So, All right. 
But you married a doctor either way. I did. I married a doctor. So it further solidifies why I'm in tech because, yeah. you know, I used to hear her, her on calls at night mm. and I can't take that pressure. I, I'm like, I, I, was, I always, always tell people, cause what happens, of course, it's, this is sexist. I'll walk in her you know, with her into a party. And of course they're looking at me like, Oh, you're, you're Dr. Domingo. I was like, Nope. <laughs> I point to my wife. She's the doctor. Yeah, and uh, you know, but hearing at night some of the things that she she listens to, it's it's it, it's tough, right? And so it, it further, I mean, that's a good point. I used to hear stuff when I was a kid, but now listening to my wife and and hearing things, she's just like, wow, I don't want to deal with that. I would rather talk to three thousand people, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a, a conference than than work in healthcare because I'm just intimidated. I, I'm just amazed at what they do, right? Um, do you think that's like the influence of the 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 medical field or Oregon, like especially parents, is like kind of pushing you towards the medical field? Um, contributes to very little Filipinos in tech, or do you I think, think that- it's a factor? Right, it could be a factor if you would have that cultural bias towards healthcare. I mean, you 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 know, you love your parents, right? And they, they've you know, especially Filipino parents are very loving, and and they've made a lot of sacrifices coming over here, or as well as working here. And it doesn't, you know, it depends on your on the person itself. You look at it uh, and say, hey, this is not a bad field, right? Let's face it, healthcare workers and healthcare in general, they make great money. Um, but I think also too, you have to be fulfilled to it. And and, and as you were saying when I was young, I was really curious about everything. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to figure out how stuff works and why is it do, what work this way, especially with electronics. I was really fascinated yeah. uh, with electronics. And, and so that just kind of grew into that. You, you and I both came from Cloudera, right? Yeah. We, we know a lot of Clouderans as we call them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tell me about Cloudera and how it's, I could tell you my opinion of Cloudera, but I'd love to. But after you, you know, what, 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 how was your time there? What's what was it about Cloudera that that you think stays with you for a long time, right? Because because honestly, um, it's a place that I've never been. I've never experienced like a, such a, such a company. Honestly, and mm-hmm. I would love to hear. You're there longer than I was. I'd love to hear your take on what your your experience was at Cloudera. Well, Cloudera was great. Um, I was always in a traditional software company, you know, like the Oracles of the world. Mm. And this whole open source thing was really fascinating to me. Uh, the only successful open source company I knew was Red Hat at the time. So I was really curious, like, how do you make money as a, a business model? On something that's free, right? yeah. <laughs> and and not only that, I mean, this is like 2014. Like, how do you charge for a subscription? What is this like Reader's Digest? Like, you know, a subscription? <laughs> like, you, 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 I'm used to like you, you, you know, perpetual software licensing. You buy it and 20 percent, 22 percent markup on on support yeah. and those kind of things. So again, tactical. I'm curious. Yeah, and not only that, and and I think a lot of Cloudera's or anyone with open source could relate to. There's like 27 zoo animals at the time, you know, the different distributions <laughs> and things, and you're like, 
wow, this is talk about not only be curious, but a challenge to, to know all this stuff. And so it really opened up my eyes in terms of what the possibilities are uh, in working. And it's really, really smart people. I mean, I think that's that's one of the things you always want to be challenged by just the, the caliber of people. And then, the, I mean, you think about the contributors and all those writing the source code and, and you just really learned a lot. And you always kind of like your um, experience is the average of the five people you hang out with. So if you're hanging out and, and working with the smartest people in the world, well, can only up level your, your game. Yeah, that's exactly my, um, my thoughts about Cloudera. It's, I would say that um, the amount of smart people there was like intimidating. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'd never felt more like accepted. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, technically anywhere else because they were all about teaching. Like, like I'll, I'll give you my my first couple of weeks in at Cloudera when I was at the uh, the boot camp, right? Yeah. Um. Uh. I go and I meet my 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 boss, um, Ben Spivey, mm -hmm. right? Right. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, I was at it was a professional services uh, mm -hmm. I, I was in, um, and I find out later that day like he wrote a book. I'm like, dang, mm -hmm. my my manager wrote a book. Okay, as an O'Reilly book, you know, and um, yeah, and so on. So I, I, I'm at my uh, my boot camp and I'm sitting next to Mohit. I, I can't remember his last name, but mm -hmm. I have a contributor or a committer right? a committer yeah a contributor committer there's a big difference <laughs> um and uh and more book writers I'm like what is going on here in cloud era mm -hmm. that is so different than anywhere else and um it was just basically i guess i learned all my chops at at cloud era and mm -hmm. um and they had enough confidence in me to just throw me at the wolves or like you know sink or swim at my engagements and mm -hmm. um and they gave me the opportunity to really prove myself with all the tools and the backing they of, of cloudera and uh it's it's a really fond memory that i have be working there because there were so many smart people um so many like so many book writers because there were so many mm -hmm. farm animals there mm -hmm. um <clears throat> it was a i felt like i was finally like where i should have been uh right. for years um and that continued in uh at confluent right um because it really working for like an open source company it's uh i think um it's a different perspective because you're not just because it's you have the mindset of like creating a product that's a free product so you so you have to focus on things that's going to bring even more value Mm -hmm. to to the customer you know you have your open source product go use it we it's for free you we get we contributed to uh to the open source community uh but now we are going to add even more to what we already uh, uh created <clears throat> so that you don't actually have to think about what you're doing we are doing the thinking for you so i i think i think being at cloudera initially it really prepared me for what i was expecting for the subsequent uh, um uh, companies I was going to be in um but yeah I mean I, I have fond memories and I met most of my Filipino friends like uh, tech friends there um and it, so it's kind of like 
a way to really bring smart people together and and and, and a whole oh, by the way there's a lot of filipinos here too. i know i think well, the first that time really I... makes me feel good about being a filipino so i see there's so many of them here in, 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 in Caldera. so exactly well i know you're not going to say this but the first time i met you i think marlo we were at uh, in tennessee right we were some some kind of uh, tech summit so. yeah <laughs> and uh i remember uh marlo saying hey a guy over here he's filipino his name is hubert i'm looking i'm like oh man the guy's got nice hair i was like it's hubert and i was like hey another filipino <laughs> you know because you know there's not a lot of filipinos but let alone i think patrick too what was the yeah. other one that i had met uh but i remember you had just joined uh there and then by the way six months later or whatever we went to a club i, I think you were like the the essay of the year or something like that rookie of the year i was like yeah uh, Filipino power. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, I know that dude, you know, and that stuff. So <laughs> it, it, it was cool to see that, that kind of recognition. But I think with you too, it's like, because, you know, most of the time when you, you're here in the States, you're kind of like the only Filipino or Asian person sometimes, depending on where you grew up. Yeah. Um, I'm sure like our colleagues in, in California don't have that problem, but I did in like, you know, a suburb of Philadelphia, you know, yeah. not, not too many. Let's let's talk about you growing up. Um this is a this is a a question I've never asked you um mm -hmm. before. Is that did, did you immigrate here or did you were you born here? I was first generation, so my mom uh came over in the uh, late mid sixties, late sixties. Uh, and, and my dad, you know, guess what? He was in the navy. Came over, <laughs> so the whole navy nurse thing, uh, you know, uh, they they came over, but they came over in the sixties, and so I was like the first gen. Okay. Uh, born here, and of course they didn't uh, teach me Tagalog, so I don't to understand it and learn it, but not speak it type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, why why the East Coast, or were you in the West Coast originally? Did you move to the East Coast? Well, you know, I have a lot of family over there <laughs> on uh, the West Coast, and so just growing up there, you know, obviously like San Diego, L.A. Uh, but my, I think my dad was uh, stationed here in. Uh, in New Jersey, one of the Air Force base uh, at the uh, Naval Air Stations, and uh, my mom well, worked like real literally out of uh, nursing school in, in Philadelphia. She got recruited by uh, a hospital here. Uh, and so, growing up, you must have had a lot of pressure to become, you know, a doctor, right? Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> or, or something in the healthcare, right? You know, but right. doctor, right? You know, that's the ultimate. You know, you're, you know, Filipinos love doctors, right? They're so yeah. proud uh, of yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, you're, you know, you're a, you know, you're a, a PhD, a professor in electrical engineering. I, yeah, you're not a doctor. <laughs> not a doctor. <laughs> it's like ten times harder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's you know, in terms of like mathematics and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, it, it's just the doctor thing is is so, such a strong, yeah, strong uh, profession, right, in the Philippines. How how hard was it to break the news that you weren't going to be a doctor, or did you have to ever do that? I didn't have to because I was the oldest, and mm -hmm. and really, it's like wow, you know, first generation, yeah, you know, my son's going to college type of thing, and so he wants to be an engineer. You know, it's like ooh, and so that wasn't that bad. So like, if I went went and said I want to be a finance major, they'll be like, what, what? what? What's this finance? You like in banking or something? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so they, they probably would have because they probably didn't understand it, right? Mm. But they, they can understand like those the science sciences and technology and all those things. So it wasn't bad. But my my sister, you didn't ask about my sister. They wanted her to be a nurse, and uh, 
oh boy, she tried it for one year and it said, no, I'm not really cut out to be a nurse. So she ends up being um, a chemical engineer, which isn't bad either. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> That's a hard major. Um, that is a hard major. Yeah. Um, so, so did you have a lot of pressure to succeed? Do you think since you weren't going to be a doctor um, and uh, sorry, I got kids are coming home from school. Um, is, do you, do you feel like you had a lot of pressure to succeed when as being a first generation Filipino in America? Yeah, definitely. Definitely had that. Uh, you're the first, like, so if you look, like I was the oldest out of all the cousins. So I was the first. Mm. So a lot of pressure, right. To succeed. And the other thing too, is that, you know, my parents are paying for the tuition. I mean, it's yeah. not as much as it is now, but you know, they were, they were working pretty hard over time and saving up money. So you had that kind of pressure to, to succeed just because, you know, your parents are sacrificing a lot uh, to pay for the tuition and then be, you know, live off campus and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then personally too, you know, your upbringing too, right. You know, my parents don't want to, you know, they, they tech my homework and they, they did all those things. They were, they were involved. I mean, I, I couldn't slack off really on that, but you know, it was a good balance at the time. I thought they were too strict, but now I look at it. I looked at it having kids of my own saying, yeah, that, that was good that they put some, you know, an emphasis right on, on education, which uh, I, I think a lot of people can relate to, especially uh, Filipinos. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I'm doing a lot of things that my parents did, <laughs> did to you. Same thing. We're like, you know, that's messed up. Yeah. Well, I get it now. <laughs> Forget I said that. Um, that's right. But but yeah, um, I'd love to kind of get an understanding of how because uh, for for me, mm -hmm. I I I immigrated here when All I was right. seven, and um, but I went to Ohio, right? Yeah. Because you, you go where the job is, right? Like, no, 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 not, not, you don't go where the jobs are. You go where the first guy that went in your family got a job. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Because they call everyone, the cousins, the brothers. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's how we ended up in, like most Filipinos ended up where they are. And I just happened to go to, to Ohio. And being in Ohio is, I, I honestly, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's the, I was too isolated from other Filipinos. I felt, yeah. I felt um, like my Filipino identity just like quickly fading, fading like for every year of my of my my yeah. life. Um, I don't know if you notice, like my my complexion as a Filipino is very pale, and it's, right. it's like un, un, uncommon, right? Most Filipinos, yeah. it's more of like a it's, I'm. It's not as pale as I am. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm like a, a anomaly. Um, and that's and I grew up this way, you know. It's uh, it's and um, and it contributed to like my anxiety of like losing my Filipino identity mm -hmm. and, and and being isolated. You don't have you don't grow. You're not you're not born with that kind of anxiety. You know you know you're a Filipino, but there. You know you're Filipino. Oh yeah. Because there's nobody else. There's Filipino. no one else. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, so that's I'm, I'm like an extreme case here. 
and, and as I grow up in in Ohio, like I like my my paleness and like it gets, contributes to mm-hmm. the idea of me losing my Filipino identity. But you, 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 you lived in the, the West Coast and you lived in the East Coast. I lived in the East Coast. I just had a lot of family in the West Coast, so I spent time there. Like, right. Oh. But again, to your point, a lot of Filipino. Yeah, a lot of Filipinos, right? A lot of Filipinos. So you grew yeah. up knowing you're Filipino, but not ever really losing it. I mean, uh, your your parents didn't speak to God. They didn't. My parents didn't speak to God. To me, to you either. I was right? kid, but they yelled at me in Tagalog. So in Tagalog, yeah, those exactly. Are the ones I know. <laughs> exactly exactly but even at the schools though you know it, it was still i mean it wasn't a lot of filipinos either uh even though i was on the east coast so you still kind of like uh experienced that kind of thing that we were saying because you know you'd look in my school i remember thinking it was like two other filipinos mm-hmm. and you're just growing like yeah you know you're kind of different but all everyone else was you know we were you know it was uh, growing up more of a um, suburb of philadelphia yeah, I was lucky to have uh, really a lot of friends that just didn't make race or any of that kind of stuff. You should just like, hey, you're just a kid. You're cool. Let's yeah. let's go hang out. I, I think it's it's tough today for a lot of kids today. I see, but I w- I was really fortunate to have that. You know, obviously you always experience some of that kind of racism mm. anywhere you go, but not more so. Oh, in the suburb I grew up in, it was it, it was pretty pretty good. So I didn't really have to do that. And and to your point too, because there was still a, a considerable number of Filipinos, you didn't really hundred percent lose like Ohio. I was like, wow, there's Filipinos in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> it was just me. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah, but when when I grew grew up there in school, um, mm-hmm. I had to lump my myself in with the other Asians. So I was the only right. Filipino. So but um, you know, I can't. I'm just Asian, Asian. You know, not Filipino. Asian. Yeah. What kind of Asian are you? Yeah. You know, like that. I used to always get that. Like, hey, what are you? I'm like, what do you mean? What am I? You know, what are you? I was like, I was born in Philadelphia. <laughs> Yo, you know, because but you know, as a you know, as a as a Filipino or even an Asian, you know what they're getting at. Yeah. And you kind of get in that. So I play the game uh, on that, and it, and then I reflect on back at Dan. Just they just didn't know the kids. It wasn't like they were like being malicious. They just they just thought that way, you know. I don't know if I make an excuse, but they were just kind of, yeah. Hey, what are you? What yeah. do you mean? What am I? I'm a human being, you know. <laughs> yeah, but now as an older person, you could probably educate those people. But at the yeah. time, like being 10, 12, you don't know. You don't have the you don't have the words to articulate yourself you to, to explain explain yeah. to them what they're saying is didn't make yeah. sense. You know, didn't didn't seem right. Um, but you just felt like it was it was wrong, right? There's something wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, hey, why they don't ask that to my other friends? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, right. So I mean, it's 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 a weird thing to be able to experience that kind of thing at that age because it's <clears throat> the for your first reaction is to how to understand it because mm-hmm. you don't understand it yourself, right? That's right. Um. When uh, I I asked Keith this earlier, um, when immigrating here, um, a lot of my like male relatives uh, uh, just got into a lot of trouble mm-hmm. because the things they were doing 
was was fine to do in the Philippines. Like, for instance, you know, bribing the the police. <laughs> That's a Spanish <laughs> way. That's corruption, man. <laughs> do that here. You're in, you're, you're in trouble. In trouble, right? Yeah, like, do yeah. it there. Like, why yeah. didn't you? <laughs> you know, it's not, it's hard to think in those terms and mm -hmm. be able to like switch from from that to the rules here in America from just one plane ride, right? Um, is a hard thing to do. So I grew up thinking a lot of my family are like, like male family, are like thugs. <laughs> <laughs> They're always getting in trouble. <laughs> Either that or just stupid. Cause um, right. um, I'll give you an example. Like I think my dad once, um, I just, my son. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Um, my dad wants um, him and I think uh, either his cousin or brother, one of his brothers mm -hmm. uh, went to go fishing. And uh, the kind of fishing they do is not the kind of fishing Americans do where like rod and lure. Mm -hmm. It's like net and go out there. Yeah. He's like overfished he's the village. You know? He just yeah, go for freaking Filipino man, <laughs> and you laugh at that because you know how true. Like because the limits, like hey, yeah. there's a limit size of twelve inches. Yeah, hey, that's only six inches. That's fine. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> like it's like the logic that that we we live by. Yeah, in the Philippines, I caught it. It doesn't make sense here, right? Yeah. Uh, so it, it's it's fun. I mean, it's 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 so fun to laugh about it now. But mm -hmm. then it was like a form of hustling, right? It's like yeah, get get yours and get it now, and and, and, mm -hmm. and provide and survive, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I almost kind of still identify with that kind of mentality, you know, like. Go get what you need, and like you know, mm -hmm. and and uh, and then the you know, worry about the ramifications later. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that's why I think you know some Filipinos can, can be seen as 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 thugs, I guess especially around my family, mm -hmm. only because that they're just not they're not used to the culture and the the rules that that. Uh, of sustainability, <laughs> yeah. uh, fishing. Yeah. we have a, we were like a bunch of like thousands of islands in the middle of the sea. Yeah. We're not going to have a, a we're not going to experience a, a, a reduction of fishes if, <laughs> yeah. if we go fishing out there. But you know, you know, you know, Hubert. I think any any uh, nationality or uh, you know anyone who immigrates here, they have to adjust. You know, and I'm, I'm sure like similar stories of the same thing can, can happen with us, but it's just unique for us, right? Because you know, yeah, it's our relatives, and you just yeah. like, wow, they have to get culturally oh, uh, prepared, right? To you know, for the different differences here uh, and there, but um, so vice versa, if you go back there, Americans are always so surprised. It's like, wow, they're so friendly. Everyone's so friendly, and. Mm -hmm. And uh, everyone's smiling all the time, you know. Like here, it's like half the time you walk through New York, people are just like miserable. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. But they go over there, I'm like I'm just so taken aback. I was just everyone's smiling and saying hi to me. It's like, well, shouldn't you say hi and, uh, and be good to people? You know, yeah. <laughs> those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. It goes both ways. <laughs> well, New York, you know, if you're not right walking on the right side of the street or, or the sidewalk, then you'll you'll get in trouble yeah that's right <laughs> get out of my way or they bump yeah. it to you. Yeah, get on the right side of the sidewalk yeah 
Um, so did you buy a set of drums? I did later. You did? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll let you know that I bought a, I bought myself a kit and I'm taking lessons. So No way. I bought, yeah. What kind? I have a Tama. Tama drum set. I, I have um, a Sonar or something. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with uh, all I know are like, you know, uh, the the Gretsch and the uh, Gretsch, that's right, and the uh, Hama, Hama, and Ludwig. Ludwig is what I was trying to think. Yeah, of. I only know Tama because I was a big Neil Peart fan, so he was always playing uh, Tama drum sets. I was like, yeah, I got to get that, you know. Yeah, and um, uh, it's uh, it's tough, man. I I can't play drums. I'm I'm better guitar player than drums. I can't yeah, I can coordinate all my feet and my two feet and my hands, and you know. It's hard. I actually, I actually got really burnt out of playing the guitar. Like I've like, I've like, uh, I don't know. It's, I can't think of anything new to play <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Uh, so I guess I switched to drums and I've been taking lessons for, for over a year. And, and I think it, it's coming more natural to me than guitar. Uh, honestly. Wow. Yeah. I'm still I mean, playing you, the guitar. Say again. You got a beat. You, know, you got a natural, you know, <laughs> rhythm, and you just gotta <laughs> keep moving and rolling. Yeah, right? yeah, it's exhausting. You know, it's like I'm not playing with, I'm not like strumming. I gotta like lift up my leg. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah, I mean, who's like the most sweatiest person in the band? You always look That's in the, the back, drummer, and there's the yeah. drummer, right? Yeah. The drummer's yeah. like, you know, wearing shorts and no. No, no shirt in their underwear, you know? Like, I'm thinking like Yeah, I'm like thinking like Rick Allen. Remember Rick Allen, Def Leppard? He's wearing the, the, the shorts, you know, the Union Jack <laughs> shorts, and he's sweating back there, you know, with the house. That's, like that's the guy from Motley Crue. Um, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always in his underwear, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it, yeah, you, you, you get the picture, like those guys. Because you're right, you're, you're always moving around and, and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. When uh when growing up, um, knowing how to play the guitar, were you in any in any bands or or anything? Or? No, I played later. You know, um, oh, yeah. in in college. Okay. After like literally after college, I started playing, and uh, you know, just have like jam sessions and stuff like that. Not like you, I don't have a video from you know. Yeah. Where you look like something out of like Friends, you know, like the Friends band, you know, <laughs> you know that two thousand, you know that, that look with the leather and the the rose colored sunglasses and all those kind of things. That I I didn't have that, but it's just more like playing, you know, with uh, friends and and just going to parties. You know, you know how Filipinos love to yeah, sing parties, um, karaoke, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's live band karaoke, you know, <laughs> with, the, with, with the guitar. Um, I tell you my 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 experience growing up with music because uh it's a kind of a messed up one let me so, so, so i'll start so i i grew up you know taking lessons with piano and guitar at the same time nice. piano no way yeah piano and guitar <laughs> and um like i had a like i never had a day off really you know um oh, like maybe really practice yeah, yeah. Wow. well i mean like monday i'd have piano tuesday i have karate and then Wednesday, I'd have a uh, guitar. Wow. Thursday, I go back to karate. Friday off, and Saturday, I go back to. Karate. It's like, like I get two days off um, throughout the week, and 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 it was really, mm -hmm. it was really a lot. But the story about the music is that um, I started really early playing guitar and piano, and by the time I got to high school, I didn't want to play anymore, so I stopped. Mm -hmm. Cause, and my parents allowed me because, you know, 
when, when you're in high school, you're, you're fine. You, before that, you got to take lessons. I'm studying, mom. I'm studying. Yeah, yeah. And then um, all my friends started getting into music and none of them knew how to play. Oh. Yeah, so let's, let's start a band, but, you know, Huber, you want to play? Like, uh, okay. Then I don't think any of them knew that I knew how to play. Uh, so, um, you know, I told them I had a guitar. And like, here's, I had an acoustic guitar. And, oh, you know how to play guitar. Oh, yeah, I can play the piano too. Like, I'm like, holy shit, you know? Um, so then I ended up like um, having to. So they started taking lessons, but then I had to like teach them how to like yeah how to be write playing. a song, like, compose a song, and then yeah. all that. So that's that's like the main reason why I really encourage your you know, teaching your kids you know, um, uh, you know musical instruments really early on because it'll help them in, in future friendships and and uh, popularity. Um, because uh, everybody in like the, that knew how to play in in high school seemed to get recognized in my in my high school at least. Oh That's, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, I, I all my kids played instruments: violin, uh, and guitar, drums, and and things like that. But I just always tell my son, it's like uh, with a guitar. I said it's a very social instrument. And so if you you pick up a guitar, for, what's the first thing people ask you when you pick up guitar? stairway to heaven and you play exactly <laughs> and you, hey do you know how to play this song you know stairway yeah, to heaven or exactly. whatever i don't even know what the, the new i don't even know if they have acoustic guitars anymore in, in today's music but yeah they ask you hey what do you do you know how to play the song a very social <laughs> instrument and then you start playing and everyone comes by and they you start a request and next yeah. thing you know everyone's like around you and, and it's great and you do make a lot of friends i agree yeah with that it's just cool right it's just it's relaxing right you know you're just not just drinking you know you're, you're playing music it's and then people start singing it's, it's great when they start singing um did your parents i mean excuse me did your parents try to get you to play uh piano or of course i took right. piano lessons and so did my sister so i thought this is like the dumbest thing ever i'm not playing <laughs> piano and my sister played Fast forward now, I'm like, I wish I would have stuck to the piano. Such a cool, mm. you look at the greatest musicians ever, right? They all start in a piano, like compose on a piano, mm. like Paul McCartney, right? Like, or someone like that, that can just play in the piano. And it's a wonderful uh, instrument too, because I, I bet you, Hubert, you could probably go to like those, uh, like in Charlotte, they've got that, uh, Charlotte airport, they got that piano in the middle. You could probably just like, really? Yeah, yeah, you could probably just go there and start playing people, or you go to a cruise ship, you know, you start playing. Oh, well, it's actually not a cruise ship. They think you probably work there. You're Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you go anywhere else, right, you know, it, that's, it's just that's cool. funny. I'll, I'll, I'll bring up our SKO for with the. Oh, on, that's on the right. Ship. Yeah. Sure. The, I heard, I heard the story. Yep. Yeah. You yeah. There's a, there a, uh, there a kit in the, the piano in the corner, mm -hmm. and people were just going up and tinkering with this so i started playing the drums and piano apparently uh jay coco's thought i was like an amazing and uh uh i wasn't doing anything honestly really it's just simple drums um <clears throat> but uh well dan was, and 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 jake thought you were like man this, he really is a musician he just like started <laughs> playing this piece and the on the side there the, i was like yeah i mean just 
First of all, he's Filipino. Of course he knows how to play <laughs> piano. Of course he's Filipino. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, are you kidding me? Of course he is. That's the first thing they do. That's what all parents do, you know. <laughs> that was such... I, I still think about that a lot, that time on that boat. It's that, that boat was just... Put, put put the context of the trip first. Like, talk about the context of when we did this trip. <laughs> when we did All right. it. All right. What is it? 2020. January 2020. January 2020. Like, barely a month or two ahead of COVID. I mean, in mm-hmm. fact. But for the I shutdown, think... the whole globe. Right yeah. Before that. Exactly. If if I if I recall, I think I there was at least like one or two cruise ships. I don't know if they were the same area that got um, mm-hmm. uh, quarantined. They weren't allowed to come back. Three weeks. Like we learned that like a few days later, we got That's off right. the boat. I'm like, what? How and we that... had this. Remember, this wasn't a sales kickoff. It was the company kickoff. Oh, company kickoff. The whole company is on a ship uh, going to there. And it, it was, I mean, it was fun. You know, we can look back and, and laugh and jest because, you know, yeah. thank God no one uh, got COVID or anything like that. It wasn't that. But at the time, no, we, I mean, obviously the world didn't know. You didn't know. It's like, hey, there's yeah. this new sickness coming out. In hindsight, you look at it, but still, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about that. Yeah, it's just incredible. Again, this is tech, right? You know, we're in tech, you know, we're in a startup. And, yeah, and it's crazy that we had all that on on a boat. It's like I've never been on a cruise ship before, and like this is amazing. This <laughs> stuff we're able to do this, so, right? Yeah, and I won't mention any the company's name, but it was one of our customers actually. Yeah, oh. their cruise cruise oh, line. That's right, that's right, that's right. That one of our customers, or yeah, uh, a, a specific a specific use case that got really super popular. You know. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and now like all the theme parks are using the same concepts, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, I feel like this was decades ago. Now, so much yeah. has happened since. since right. then. Um, um, I'm, uh, of course, our audience probably doesn't know what we're talking about, but this is all like. Uh, uh, a company kickoff that we had at, at Confluent um, that uh, I guess was right at the border of COVID happening. So um, to think about all that today is just really, I mean, I would probably still go on a cruise ship, but I'd be probably wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, I'd wear a mask. <laughs> like you know when they say washy washy, I'd be like, yeah, wash me. <laughs> you know, spray yeah. my yeah. hands down with the stuff but yeah i mean it's, it's kind of crazy to look at it now but but, but back then we're just okay hey, just going on a cruise yeah you know and and you know we you know again the company didn't know no one knew yeah <laughs> um so uh filipinos in tech right um we we were we started off talking about you know there's so few of us in the business um and um keith the person i just spoke to uh thinks he attributes it to he thinks there are actually a lot of filipinos in tech but they're just very quiet mm. right and mm-hmm. it's like the culture thing where filipinos mm-hmm. are like don't like to put themselves out there yeah they just wanted to stay in the you know in the, the background right do their work do it well right and, right you know that kind of mentality um and they don't like to be vocal unlike us we like to you know 
um, speak and educate, right? Um, and and be advocates for for customers and developers and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be vocal. And nowadays, right, it's essential to be able to show yourself, you know, to others and to be vocal and to mm-hmm. to put yourself out there for others to to see you. Um, and they that might be like one of the reasons why we don't, we don't see them maybe they are in the background um there we just don't notice them or um or maybe maybe that's it i i, I know my time at cloudera i felt like i met all the filipinos i knew in cloudera they were mm-hmm. they were all you know pretty except for ron he was kind of kind of quiet um yeah they were all <clears throat> pretty vocal um and uh I would love to see more Filipinos be uh, take that initiative and and be recognized, and so that we can like get together as as a as a, a group um, and pull each other up to uh, to succeed. Um, yeah, that's a good observation. Yeah, I, I think just culturally, right? Oh, don't don't cause any trouble, you know, and and yeah, that could be a cultural thing. Uh, I know at least one of my sons is in computer science, and now he's working at a, was working at a. Uh, a, a company, medical company that's doing software and things like that. So you're probably right. There are probably, I think the younger generation just doesn't even, they just do what they want to do. And obviously technology is cool now, right? Right, exactly. Uh, back when we were growing up, it's like, what are you doing? Microsoft doesn't work, you know? <laughs> but there now it's like startup, you know, you're, you're doing all these cool things with apps and, and things. And, and so it'll be interesting to see, you know, the up and coming, you know, you know, start to, be more vocal as you're saying, right. And be able to articulate those things. And it, it'll be uh, interesting to see if the, how this conversation that we're having now looks 10 years from now. Yeah. I would love to see that. Right. Um, uh, before we close, mm-hmm. I'd love, can you tell us where, where you're going to be? What's, what's happening? Where, where, where could we, where we could find you if that's something we can do? What's, what's next for you? What's next for me? Uh, I mean, I'm, you know, I've been at Confl for five years, yeah. but it's just fascinating to me, right? That you're trying to do what we're trying to do from a uh, data and motion perspective that no one's had done before mm-hmm. in a cloud environment, by the way, with consumption. And so it's like that whole thing that I was talking about, like, you're just curious, right? Like you're paving a way. Right. And, and, you know, obviously you're doing the same thing with star treats. Like no one's really been doing this right at scale on the cloud with this new kind of models and new kind of use cases because they can never accomplish what we were doing. I was kind of joking when I was at Teradata. Oh yeah. I'll take a batch job. It'll take like eight, you know, overnight. Now you're doing this in real time. I mean, it's, it's just a challenge technically challenging from a business and technology standpoint. I'm just still, feel like i'm 22 years old <laughs> yeah there's just so many new things in this yeah. ecosystem i think um there's so much to learn mm-hmm. and there's so many like cool things to play with that really solve business problems and it's all in the cloud and fully managed and and uh you know you you relinquish all that burden of uh managing and man you know <laughs> administrating mm-hmm. your systems so so yeah Absolutely. Um, I think it's a great space that you're that you're in. We're we're all in. And um <clears throat> I love to see where this goes in the next uh 
in the next few years. Like as you said, you know, let's have this conversation <laughs> in you know five years and see how Filipinos are in streaming <laughs> the streaming ecosystem. Well, maybe we should do it every year and just see how we're, you know, like kind of like put a rubric there. It's like okay, this will, oh hey, you know, there's you know a new. <laughs> A new leader, you know, someone who has another book, you know, yeah. we're gonna have your books, and so yeah. it'll be interesting. I, to... I keep forgetting that I wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's yeah, that's right. Yeah, you you were always amazed that someone writing, uh, you know, book when you got the Cloud Era. There's probably someone amazed. That's the only reason why I did. It. I was like, you know, I know all these people Cloud Era that did it. I'm yeah. gonna do it. I'm gonna. You I'm can gonna do, do it. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe what you should do is like maybe you know maybe next topic you know we get some of the younger Filipinos and maybe you can inspire and you know, we can yeah. inspire them to to do great things because they're very smart. <laughs> yeah, I Look would at, love to. I gotta find them though. <laughs> yeah, we gotta find them. Yeah, I should I should talk to my son. He's in the business. So I'm like, hey, you know, you know, <laughs> I should ask him first of all. Is there any other Filipinos in your company? He'll probably say no. <laughs> Do you say anything? Nah, dad. It wasn't so that's our assignment. We gotta find some young Filipinos to have this conversation with. Um, yeah. Okay. We, we we should do that. That'll be the next topic. We'll find some younger Filipinos and we can like compare and contrast. That'd be a really great topic for you to exactly. kind of share the experiences and see what uh, an updated look on how they're growing up and then maybe impart some wisdom both ways. Right? They can tell us how we were to relate even more to to some of our uh, younger professionals and then you can tell them about hey here's something you should look out for awesome well i'll um really super appreciative of uh, joining us i um, enjoyed it uh hubert it's great yeah. uh, seeing you you know seeing yeah. you current yeah. and all it's, it's a great topic uh you know i'd love to, to to do it again and you know we'll hopefully we'll get uh, additional speakers at once because it's just great to hear like that keith person i want to meet him <laughs> so yeah, yeah. smart yeah. guy Thank you.